Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful. Here, we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your host, Lillian Kerbake. And that was Will Romy, who is our editor and producer. So I'm going to talk about something that's like pretty personal today, but I put it out on Twitter and I had a ton of listeners write in. Um, And it's kind of motivated by, as often happens with these shows that are just me, what's going on in my own personal life right now. So um, I want to talk about freedom for creative expression and how it kind of interfaces with financial security. Um, So over... over the past couple years, I've been, you know, working on, as we've talked about, I ad hoc just have a lot of jobs and I've been kind of stringing it together part time with the idea that I can get to the point where, you know, my cat finance books and my radio show and weird videos with kittens where I explain 401ks can at some point support me full time. Um, and it, it, it's been really awesome and I've loved doing this, um, but I have been spending a lot of time trying to compare my creative output, so to speak, against my creative output when I had like a full-time salaried job. So um, you have a lot of jobs, right? I have a lot of jobs. Uh... And how many (laughs) of those do you feel are creative jobs? Well, making coffee is not particularly creative, but I don't do that one a lot. Uh, Audio engineering work is often sort of creative. Uh, my work teaching music at Fame is definitely creative. Are those all my jobs? <laughs> I think you have <laughs> some <laughs> other jobs, but that's, what else do I do? The, yeah, those are the ones we they're, can they're, remember they're, they're, right they're now. They're creative and non-creative to varying degrees. Uh, but I mean, I, I think that probably depends on who you are and what you're what you're interested in and how you're how you're doing your job. I guess. I well, and so I have been very lucky that I've had a lot of kind of weird jobs over the years, and even the kind of normal jobs that I've had. Like I was a baker, but my job title was vegan pastry goddess, and <laughs> I got hired to like put together an entire um, set of recipes and not just do like production baking. So like even that was like fairly creative in that I had to invent stuff from scratch, um, which you know. Lesson learned. I'm not really a recipe developer. Not a thing I want to do. <laughs> that again. wasn't your title, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was a pastry goddess. Um, but I, you know, I've had a lot of different jobs where I have felt like I've had a lot of creative freedom in my job. You know, I've always worked for small businesses or nonprofits where I can kind of set my own 
I can kind of set my own job description and morph yeah. it around my own skill set and, and interests. Yeah. And, and even in fundraising, like I moved into doing fundraising, but fundraising to me was a pretty creative discipline because I had to, you know, write email marketing things. And that meant that I got to, you know, find cute pictures of cats on bikes and stuff like that and help direct videos that volunteers had made for our fundraising efforts and uh you know plan events which is uh, for me a lot of creativity and i but i also had a lot of other side projects and one thing i really found when i had sort of a full-time day job in a nonprofit was that i had a lot of freedom because I always knew how much was coming in each month because I had a salary job that I didn't put pressure on my creative projects to also be profitable creative projects. Right. So you were doing them with the you were you were using the surplus money and time that came with having like one big job. Yeah. To, yeah. And and even though my job was fundraising, um, you know, one of the things one of the jobs that I held on to when I had a full time job was being zine librarian. And being zine librarian at the small scrappy nonprofit, I, um, you know, I worked part time, but I ended up spending so much of my time just raising money so that I could do the things I wanted to do with the zine library, mm -hmm. which was not just raise money. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, I spent a lot of time writing grants in order to pay myself a really tiny amount of money, like sometimes a hundred dollars a month or, you know, ten dollars an hour in and someone's nothing in order to be able to do this work, which for me was, you know, I built a custom cataloging game, uh, uh, which was Yetis in a forest to teach people how <laughs> to do data entry for the library. And and that kind of work actually got so much better for me when I wasn't forced to spend a bunch of time fundraising for the position. Right. That makes sense because you're doing it sounds like you were doing the boring grindy part to enable yourself to do the interesting part. And personally, I was just always very stressed out. Right. Because uh -huh. it wasn't it when when that job was a large portion of my income, I was having to, you know, hand to mouth, find the grants to have the money to pay myself. And it was so unstable and it changed so much that it was hard to plan out into the future when I didn't know what was coming down the pipeline mm -hmm. because I didn't know if we would win that grant. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what that grant was going to, what the deliverables were going to be. Would it pay for staff time or salary? And so I just was very personally stressed out and it, I think, affected the work. And when that moved into a side job, even though I worked less hours on it, we actually got a lot more done. We ended up developing that game when I had a full-time job. Um, and that was because I wasn't forced to find a way to make everything pay for itself. Um, you know, we had a 24-hour zine cataloging event at that job. And the first year... I was so we were so strapped for money as an organization that I like charged volunteers to stay up all night and catalog zines. It was like five dollars wow. <laughs> or something. Um, but but the fact that I needed to charge five dollars in order to make that break even and I couldn't just bankroll the snacks or whatever mm -hmm. myself. And I had still gotten a bunch of meals donated and, you know, lots of energy drinks and everything you need to stay up for uh, 24 hours straight. I I the next year when I had a full time job and we ran that event. I just didn't stress. <laughs> it, you know, not only did I not have to charge volunteers, I just paid for some things out of my own pocket and it wasn't a big deal. And th to be clear, this full-time job that gave me all this freedom was a $15 an hour job. Right. So it wasn't like you were like moonlighting as a lawyer <laughs> yeah, or right, something. Right. Right. Was... Uh, 
And and for some folks, so I kind of asked a bunch of listeners about this, like where where do they fall? How do they think their own creative freedom and expression kind of interfaces with money? And it really seems like there's two camps that people fall into. There's folks for which having a steady source of income from a day job or from their own work that covers their expenses makes them feel more creative and frees up more brain space to work on the project. Okay. And then there's folks that thrive on the freedom that they get from having nothing guaranteed and having to work for things. And there's a lot of people that like live on that kind of scrappy energy um, and the, you know, the hand mouth kind of feeling that they have even if and and for me I'm not in any position in my life anymore where I would describe myself as hand to mouth like mm-hmm. I'm I have an emergency fund in place I'm yeah. fine but I am I tend to run on a pretty anxious level as we've talked about before <laughs> and n- looking just a month out and not knowing where that income is coming from even though I know that I'm several months out in the future or covered for expenses is very stressful for me and it tends to make me shut down the creative part of my brain because I'm so busy focusing on how to get money in the door. Yeah, no, I mean that sounds like some some hierarchy of needs stuff. If right, anything. <laughs> right. Um, so for one thing, for me, I was really struggling about making choices about what I wanted to spend my time on based on money. So the things that have the fastest return for my own personal finance empire I'm building and <laughs> and make the most money for me, other than just a straight up day job, are coaching people one on one and doing financial freelance writing for large sites, not my own. Um, but I don't really enjoy doing either, not because I don't love people one on one, but it's it's just not the best or highest use of my talents. There's other people that are much better coaches um, and. Uh, you know, obviously writing for someone else's site is building their own brand and not my own. Um, and half the time I have to like write a review of some credit card yeah, or, or something. confirm to style guidelines. Or... Yeah, exactly. Of course, the things that I'm uniquely talented at, making crazy data charts and finding ways to link cats and Bowie to finance mm-hmm. and delivering talks to artists and freelancers about money and writing the show... Those things don't make money as quickly. <laughs> Media right. is kind of a slow business. You have to build up a platform. And um, I was really struggling on a month-to-month basis with, do I go after this advertiser because it's money in the door, or do I spend time writing this many freelance pieces for some other publication to get money in the door? And I wasn't spending time thinking about the creative direction of the show and where I want things to go. And um, so I ended up making a kind of a decision. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up deciding that I was going to take a three-month contract job, mm-hmm. and I, I'm enjoying the work. Um, it's you know it's actually doing some kind of corporate financial education stuff, but it's it's a steady nine-to-five job for three months. It's not a long-term commitment, right? I'm I'm temping. Um, one thing that's a little terrifying, it, or maybe even staggering, <laughs> is the fact that I have better pay and benefits at as a temp through a staffing firm, which staffing firms take almost half of what the, you know, they charge double what you take home right. um, to the company. Uh, I still, despite all of that, am making more and have better benefits than I did as a director <laughs> in a nonprofit um, for years. And it says so something about capitalism. Uh, it says so much about <laughs> capitalism and, and also just industry norms, right? Because mm-hmm. I was generating, I was probably generating more bottom line value in in politics um you know as far as the money that i was bringing in 
Um, but there's just not an industry norm of paying people in the way that there is in tech. So uh-huh. um, it, it isn't even just capitalism, right? Yeah. It's like, uh. anyway, we'll talk about that later. Uh, that's a different episode. Different show, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and the other thing I ended up deciding to do, which was kind of hard for me, was deciding to ask um, listeners for support because I had... This, uh, you know, I'd thought about doing this for a while, doing a Patreon. A lot of other shows do it. Obviously, that's NPR and our, the own, our own station. We're on X-Ray. Mm-hmm. We do fund drives. We ask listeners for support. Coming up this fall, X-Ray fund drives. Well, and, and so a lot of a lot of shows do ask listeners for support, but I had convinced myself that if I couldn't make this work um, in you know, on my own, then it, it wasn't worth asking listeners for support. And obviously, I know a lot of listeners have their own financial priorities they're working on. And yeah. maybe <laughs> throwing a couple dollars a month is not on that list. And so it was it was hard for me to make that decision. But I, uh, one, I had enough people bugging me that were like, please stop stressing out about getting these jobs. Let us give the show money because it, <laughs> you know, provides us value. It saves us money. And also, um, it's... I had a particularly like agonizing experience working with a particular ad agency that had wanted to buy time on the show where, you know, I got to like a 50 email long thread back and forth with them approving copy. And, um, you know, it, the the thread was so long and had so many attachments in it that uh-huh. it took a long time to load oh even on my like <laughs> editing computer. And uh it was, you know, and in the end, like their invoice, they were like, oh, you sent this to the wrong department. And they had like never told me the right department to oh, send God. it to. And I was just so frustrated because I was like, this is such it's such a small amount of money. And I've spent so much time on this. And in the end, it doesn't even make a better experience for my listeners. Right. I'm doing it just because I want to try to make the show support itself. Yeah. And so I opened up a Patreon, um, which as of the time we're recording, I opened it up four days ago. And the response has been like overwhelming and has made me so happy. <laughs> oh. um, but between that and this day job income that I'm coming in, I have never felt as creative in my life. <laughs> I feel so excited about potential future projects. And even though I'm working like 50 to 70 hours a week for the next three months, which is its own, you know. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it, a- it's a lot because I made the decision to take a full-time day job while also continuing to run the show. And <laughs> I'm speaking at a conference almost every weekend for the next two months. But despite all that, I still feel just so much breathing room. I feel excited about being able to do the stuff that I know is more exciting for listeners that Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily what advertisers want, right? Because advertisers want a certain thing and it isn't always what listeners want to hear. So. Well, that's exciting. That's. Yeah. So I've, I don't know. I just feel it like it's easier to focus and to think about the future when thinking about the future doesn't also involve not knowing when the next paycheck is in the door. Um, yeah, because you can focus on the creative aspects of what you're doing or not get bogged down. Like you were saying with your your story about working in the nonprofit, paying people to stay overnight, you don't have to worry about all those like nitty gritty logistics of, you know, how do yeah. I pay for snacks? <laughs> and I really like the way listener Lucy said this on Twitter. I find it easier to work when I have a cushion. I'm more creative when I don't have a deadline and money creates deadlines, Mm. which I kind of find interesting because I love working on deadlines, but money deadlines feel a little different to me. Or lack of money creates deadlines. I need to get more specific. But yeah, yeah, no, I I get that. Um, 
Hallie said, I prefer a, a cushion, but however, I was most prolific when I was living hand to mouth the year I supported myself busking. As long as I could pay rent and had a bag of rice in the cupboard, everything else seemed to work itself out. I did learn a lot of fiscal lessons, though. <laughs> yeah, I get. I definitely had. I feel like my most prolific music composition points have been like, you know, broken, jobless. Because you know, at that point, maybe it just makes more sense to stay up all night working on a song <laughs> or something. Versus, <laughs> I do love the state of flow that you can get into when you don't have to be into an office in the morning. Oh right? yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, I've I've started working from like six to eight in the morning before I go into my nine to five. And I inevitably really get into the groove around 740. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Oh, no, I feel that. And then and then I'm late to work because I was working and no right. one believes that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and Monica said, I definitely prefer to have a cushion. Not having one affects more than just my creativity. It allows me to relax and also know that if I need to spend money on a project, I can because I budgeted for it. My creativity can flow freely when my mind can focus and not worry about dollars. Uh, this is huge for me. Yeah, that sounds like what you're saying. It's... One of the big things that I really need is that I, I want to start doing more YouTube videos for the show with cats explaining, uh, kittens helping me explain <laughs> things um, or distracting me from explaining things. And I... I have to go check out an editing computer from the television station because my computer is six years old, which is ancient in laptop years, and mm -hmm. it, it actually cannot support editing without, like... Yeah, video editing is dense. It's really <laughs> dense, and um, I really want to get a new laptop. It's coming up on six years. It's about time to upgrade, um, and this is one of those things where I was like, I can make it work, but am I going to eat into my buffer? And then what if money doesn't come in? And now that I, I kind of know what my salary looks like for the next three months, it's been so much easier to be like, okay, you you will be able to get a laptop and that, yeah. that is oh, that's cool. that's... coming down the pipeline. And, you know, Patreon is only like right now, it's just under $400 a month, which like obviously doesn't pay all of my bills. I don't live that cheap. Um, or it doesn't even pay for like all of your time that you spend yeah. editing this. But it's amazing how much less stressed out I feel. Like right. we, more is easier. Well, no, that's that's a dumb statement. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's it. You know, I'm not draining money into into the show anymore because like I pay for hosting and I pay for, I pay for licensing fees and stuff like that. And there are expenses that go into the show that um don't that now are just covered and I don't have to kind of be like oh where is that going to come from you know like the show has essentially been paid for by me doing a contract payroll gig each month yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is like a kind of a weird way to do some math um, but Mark Mark said something different so um, Mark on Twitter said if you're not in the edge you're taking up too much space I think that's a Linkin Park lyric is it really no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what does he mean by that I don't know. <laughs> I should have asked for more clarification. Mark, I will back say to he's us. a scrappy entrepreneur and podcaster, so I assume that that means it's, he yeah. he likes to live dangerously. It sounds scrappy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that scrappy. Thanks, I'm pretty Mark. scrappy, but I like to be scrappy with a buffer. Yeah. Scrappy with a buffer. That scrappy is the oh my dollar financial goals. <laughs> New catchphrase. Yeah. Um, Haley said, I get really anxious if my sales and cash flow and money in the bank pay next month bills are all up together and where I need them to be. Not the good selling anxious, the stressy anxious slows me down. I have to be really organized to keep on top of it. Yeah. Tomas, who's an illustrator, said, I found it impossible to be creative when I was worried sick about how I was going to pay rent and feed myself. In 2012, I wasn't established enough to know where my next dollar was made to plan accordingly. Planning is one of the big things. I, I am... 
I am so much less stressed out when I can make plans. And mm-hmm. that includes creative plans. Right. Like all of my creative projects have like massive spreadsheets with Kanbans and mm-hmm. Gantt charts. And to me, that's creativity. That's how I build things. Yeah. Um, and well, we have time to set aside to be creative and not just sort of grab moments here and there. I get how that like what Thomas was saying makes sense that he's able to focus more on the creative side of things when he's not worrying about you know, feeding yeah, himself. Like where is rent money coming from? So I'm really curious, uh, listeners that are listening to this, where do you fall on this? If you do any kind of creative work or something, you know, either your day job or a side project, do you find it is easier for you to be creative when you've kind of got that financial buffer? Or are you someone who needs to kind of stay scrappy in order to have ideas come to you? Are you Bowie during the Berlin years or are you (laughs) Bowie during the 90s? I'm really curious to know. Which one? (laughs) Which Bowie are you? And we have one last listener comment to end on, which is from the uh, last show or two shows ago. Christy, who is next level banana on Twitter. Next level Christy. (laughs) Which is so good. Said, regarding money mindsets, I was so broke for so long. Now that I've got a real career, it's complicated. Guilt at being rich. Worry that I'm not saving enough before the next recession. Freedom at not having to track every penny. Joy at supporting artists and causes. Yeah. I feel you. (laughs) I'm I'm right there with you. I absolutely love getting to support other people on Patreon uh, now and be like, this is not eat into my grocery money. So things like that slash guilt. (laughs) Just a quick reminder that we are on a mission to get 50 reviews and 100 ratings on iTunes before the end of the year. Uh, Right now we're at 11 reviews and 40 ratings. Take about three minutes to leave a review. So please help us out. Thank you so much. That wraps our show for today. Our producer is Will Bromey. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki. And I'm Lillian Kerbake, your personal finance educator and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so it doesn't manage you.